Welcome to the Sorry I Offended You podcast with Brandon Marshall Havener. I'm back. If you haven't noticed, I've been gone for a while, not like necessarily online or in person. I didn't die or nothing. But I haven't did a, I haven't done a podcast episode and maybe the proper thing would be to wait till the new year or some shit, but I don't do that. Why haven't I done a podcast in a while? I don't know. I got very many different mediums of where I record. And actually, I do know. And the reason being is because I went on a mushroom journey. And then I was like, I want to do something new, but I'm not sure what it looks like. And uh, all that other stuff. So that's kind of the reason. Um, another thing is, is I think things get stale and then... When you buy some new technology, like this new mic I got, you get excited to do it again. Um, So yeah. So anyway, I was, before we get into the topic, which is, should a man take a woman's last name in marriage? That's going to be the topic at hand, because it was a hot topic on social media, and I want to extend it here. Pretty much a reason for whatever hiatus I took. I don't even know what the last episode I made was. Um, but pretty much a reason is, is I came out of that mushroom journey and I, I wanted to take a, I wanted something to change and I didn't know what it was. I made some changes. I changed my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle from sorry, I offended you to Brandon Marshall Havener. And then I was wondering if I wanted to change the show to the Brandon Marshall Havener show or something along the lines of that. And, you know, I was wondering if there's any benefit or for me to launch a brand new podcast. Like, if, is there any benefit to the new energy, algorithms, whatever the fuck else? W- was it time to archive the Sorry I Offended You podcast? Was I maturing outside of the Sorry I Offended You brand? And even with Mushrooms... I'm here to say that I have not matured at all. (laughs) However, you know, I put in a new bio. I have a new direction of where I want to take it. Just like a slight wrinkle in in the playbook. Um, And I also, you know, really want the Brandon Marshall Havener name to be a focal point. Like it took for it to really be personal. So... I made, you know, it's sorry I offended you with Brandon Marshall Havener now. And that's a whole other thing with personal brand and and things like that. Um, Over the years, I've been Brandon Marshall Havener back to Brandon Marshall to Brandon Marshall Havener again, back to Brandon Marshall to Brandon Marshall Havener again. And one of the reasons behind that, the reasons why... To step into Brandon Marshall Havener is because it feels more full. It feels like a bigger sense of ownership of who I am. And it feels like the full entirety of the the overall brand. The reason not to is maybe Brandon Marshall is easier to pronounce. Um, Maybe it's easier to look up, which also it's not easier to look up because there's a popular wide receiver on the Broncos named Brandon Marshall. And then years later, there's a popular linebacker named Brandon Marshall. And I believe he might also still 
play for the Denver Broncos. So, you know, Brandon Marshall, there's a lot of competition with that name. I, but, you know, I think it's great to own the name Brandon Marshall Havener. And even if some people in my life, if, if not everyone in my life has mispronounced it as Havener from elementary school to middle school, to high school, into the military, to all of it, everyone fucking said Havener. But that shouldn't be a reason for me to yield my last name. <laughs> if someone can't type it and spell it in the URL or whatever the fuck, then that's their, their deal, you know? If you don't want to find me, then that's fine. I'm shadow banned anyway. Maybe I am. I don't fucking know. I make sure that I spread vaccine awareness on my Instagram a lot, many of the times and tell people to stay home so I don't get shadow banned. But who knows what they think of me, those robots and the, the, the blue-haired uh, specialists that are working in the Instagram field and the Facebook fields. So anyway, that's what I got to say about that. And it's a perfect segue into should you take your wife's last name in marriage because obviously there's pride in and honor and respect in my last name and taking ownership for it. And there was a desire there. So what does it have to do with getting married? And I'm getting married in, I, well, I don't know if I should tell you the plans, but it's sometime in 2022. We got the date lined up. So that's cool. And it's going to be an awesome wedding. Uh, we actually did wedding planning yesterday, which is kind of funny that that topic came up on social media and now it's kind of spreading around. So anyway, long story short of what led us to this hot topic of different opinions, um, I first posted this article I saw, um, meet the men taking their wife's surname or is it sure name? It's sure name, surname. Um, the joy and the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, it must be a fucking joy to have those uncomfortable conversations. Behind the decision of growing number of men to throw off the shackles of, shackles of an archaic marital tradition by Samantha Slinger Morris is the person who wrote the article. Of course it was a woman that wrote the fucking article. Um, so, so I made a post with the caption. I said, the future is Havener. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of chiming in. A lot of people are like, hell no, it's, uh, emasculating. Um, I do have a feeling I do have that same set sentiment that it is emasculating and I will go into more reason why there's some people who say, I don't know why it's a big deal. One person chimed in. I'm not even sure if he's fucking trolling. <laughs> I think he is, but he could not be. I don't fucking know. But he says, I took my ex's last name. We divorced and I kept it. We had two kids together, remarried, and my current wife took my name, which is my ex's name. <laughs> so I don't, I, don't under, I don't fully get that. If that was true, hopefully it's a troll. I, I had the... You know, I had the um, feeling that it was a troll. I need to do some more due diligence. He's not my Facebook friend, so I don't know his way. 
I think I've seen him around though, but I just don't know his way of thinking. Um, <laughs> one person chimed in saying, saying, why doesn't the husband just take his wife's boyfriend's last name to be fair to all parties? Um, and, you know, other people say, why the fuck doesn't matter? It's it's a lot of women who say, why the fuck doesn't matter? And I can go into that a little more of why I think that is. Um, yeah, so let's see. Anything else I want to point out here? Yeah, and, you know, some people in the spirit, it seems like a, you know, a big thing for a lot of people. But I think even especially in the spiritual community to make up some name. I mean, spiritual people were making up fucking names anyway, which is fine. Like if you have a divine download from a mushroom journey and you come up with this spiritual name and you decide to call yourself, um, Amanda Yoni crystals, then that's cool. Like that's your name and whatever. I I'm a live and let live person. If you find some spiritual dude and he's like, I want my last name to be Yoni crystals too. That is in your power and the freedom that you are provided and the freedom that I helped fight for by swearing to the Constitution and giving you the freedom to make Yoni Crystals your last name if that is your desire. So I do not want this opinion of mine to get in the way of my live and let live libertarian mentality that I have because I still live and let live, but I also have a fucking opinion. (laughs) And I also... um, you know, I also, but I also think, you know, I think my opinion is a good one to consider on how we're shaping society, right? And then one thing, one more thing in my thread, someone mentioned and, and actually shared a brilliant video um, saying it's oikophobia. I think that's correctly. That's the first time I've discovered that phobia. It's a phobia now that I can put into my arsenal of insults. If somebody calls me one of the common phobics, I can call them an oikophobia. And if we look this up, because um, oikophobia actually goes hand in hand in definitions with xenophobia, which is also something I was late to the party understanding. Like I've seen people calling people that I'm like, what do people mean by that? And it was, it's basically hating on other people's countries. I was put in Facebook jail for that because I made fun of, I joked with somebody being from Canada. And the fucked up thing about it is, I realized they're not a Facebook friend anymore. And there's two people that I know of that I got flagged on Facebook for friendly banter. And then like a year later, they unfriended me over some other shit. And I'm like, Jesus, like they're, they should take, they should take my Facebook strike with them. Like I have to hold on to these strikes from the conversations that they baited me into. Um, the dictionary, the dictionary doesn't even recognize oikophobia, which is interesting. Now, let me look at something here because I'm sure, pretty sure that anti-vaxxer is a fucking definition. Yeah. So anti-vaxxer is a definition in the dictionary, which isn't like a real fucking word. And by the way, they like change the definition to a person who distrusts or is against vaccination, especially a parent who refuses to have a young child vaccinated. That's in the definition. But there was another 
I get it's not here, but it's, I did hear like it was like someone who was against mandates. I don't know. But if you're against mandates, doesn't that make you homophobic? Anyway, I guess I got to Google it. Zoikophobia, oikophobia, oikophobia. Okay. Xenophobia is a fear of the alien. Oikophobia is fear of the familiar. The disposition in any conflict to side with them against us. And felt the need to denigrate the customs, culture, and institutions that identifiably ours. Identifiably. Sorry, I can't read today. Maybe I can't read ever. I'm just using it as a scapegoat. That is just a today situation. And then a a past client and a friend of mine opened up this conversation um, because he's coaching the men and wanted their opinion um, and something to to join in on the oikophobia conversation. Someone shared a tweet saying that for this purpose, we should be for women um, in for men taking their woman's last name in marriage. And the tweet said, um, I don't want men to be allies. I want you to be traitors. I want you to be traitors to the system that violently holds you up at the expense of women. I want you to betray the silent pact that patriarchy makes with you to have your back so long as you don't make waves. Revolt. Now, the whole thing about this whole... um, concept of oikophobia this is a a phenomenon that comes into play when a society gets too rich and fat (laughs) saying that in the nicest way possible but like just comfortable so then we come up with all this shit to demonize people by gender and separate ourselves from race and gender, but we'll stick with gender today. We find all these ways to attack our each other and our traditions, and we're not on the same page. And there's even, and you'll even notice something that's in today's society where it, for the Westerners is we're so quick to attack our own culture and then praise another culture even if that praise is something that they do that is violent or we're just looking the other way. So we're like super hateful about ourselves and who we are and everything about our history. It's almost like we cherry pick all the bad things from history and then we utilize that or use that as as an excuse to throw everything away in our society and demonize everything in our society. So my point is, I understand this level of thinking because I was a woke one myself for a brief history. Um, this way of thinking is like, no, it's looking at the it's looking at the worst intentions of everything. Like a man, a woman taking her man's last name is patriarchal, which the patriarchy is bad which isn't necessarily the truth or the definition. We're looking up definitions today. Let's like look up the dictionary definition of patriarchy. 
Patriarchy is a form of social organization in which the father is supreme authority in the family, clan, or tribe, and descent is reckoned in the male line with the children belonging to the father's clan or tribe. A society, community, or country based on this social organization. A social system in which power is held by men through cultural norms and customs that favor men and withhold the opportunity from women. Often the patriarchy, the men in power in a society. And then you look at matriarchy. And people, you know, there's like this ideology that matriarchy is the solution to patriarchy, right? So matriarchy, a family, society, community, or state governed by women. A form of social organization in which a mother is head of the family and in, in which descent is reckoned in the female line. The children belonging to the mother's clan matriarchal system. There's like a lot less you know, they, they kind of took out like a matriarchal system would be uh, disclude, not including uh, men. Um, but here's the thing. If you're a child, if you want to raise a child in a healthy environment, you need matriarchal and patriarchal influences. So both of that energy is, is necessary. And kind of reverting back to this conversation of, you know, the reasoning behind a woman taking a man's last name in marriage, at least my personal reasoning is, one, I think it's the level of honor and respect. Um, you know, something my grandfather used to say was, I would be the only person to pass on the Havener name because his grandchildren... Uh, on my aunt's side of the family, he, he had a daughter and a son. So the daughter has three kids and all of them are under a different family name. And then my dad had two kids, me and my sister. So that would leave me passing on the Havener name. So there's like a sense of honor there. You know, I honored my grandfather. I only knew him until um, he passed away when I was around seven years old. Was it seven? Might have been, no, it was around like nine or 10. Um, yeah, 10 years old or so. So, you know, there's a level of honor there because he's a man that I looked up to, right? And then there's the aspect of, is it, we're just looking at the negative aspect of this whole tradition, right? We're looking at the negative aspect that it's it's oppressive and it's wrong and it and it robs a woman of her rights. And I agree that we've made significant progression, and that progression was good. There was a time where women couldn't open up their bank accounts, and it wasn't even that long ago. Um, there was, there's times where there was the time where women couldn't vote. So that progression where women can vote, open up their bank accounts, start their own, their own business, you know, I'm 100% behind. And I think even there's some side of this argument coming from like the polarity coaches of the internet that I think a lot of people know, and I've made enemies with some, um, I think that's extreme. Like that can be extreme where it's like, you know, a woman must not ask questions. She's just, 
has to give a gentle moan and the man should understand or some shit. It's just like extreme masculine and feminine polarity. And that's not what I'm advocating here. Um, and I also want to let the, give this open, give this topic an opening for your own perceptions and your own thoughts around it. Um, because I don't think my opinion is the end all be all. I think there's like a, a, a spectrum of, how much you're bringing in that polarity style, old-fashioned style in your relationship, and progressiveness in your relationship. There's ways that my relationship with Rebecca is progressive in ways where it's like, we're not going to have that setup where I'm the provider and she's just taking care of the kids as a wife and doing laundry and shit. Like, that's not going to happen. She's, you know... She's having like she's having record months and she's a powerful entrepreneur and business owner and she's in her zone of genius and it brings her so much joy. Um, she's an empire builder and I help her do that. I help her fully be expressed in her work and her gifts. And, you know, I'm helping her, you know, helping her serve her clients and things of that nature. And I want my partner to be extremely powerful and independent. And part of me that allows me to do that is because I'm secure within myself. Because I don't think that my ability to make money or um, anything like that should be the, the dominating factor of why she stays with me. And that's where I will go to bat with you against tradition where I'll say like, there's even situations today where women put themselves in compromising situations because the man is a breadwinner. She decides to give up on her dreams, um, has a kid and surrenders to the entire family structure. And I'm not saying that is bad either. You know, for some family structures, if you're with the right man and that's genuinely what you want to do, then cool. The problem comes into play here is when a woman is playing small and when she gets too successful or she shows up and in business and pursuing her dreams, her husband gets insecure and he forces, he basically manipulates her and coerces her into being a smaller, taking up less space and not having as much impact with her income or her independence. That's where the issue comes at hand because that's a red flag off the bat. But, you know, like if I were giving any woman advice, I would advise like create that sense of independence where you're creating your own thing. And especially people, you know, women who would listen to my podcast definitely because I'm working with a lot of women entrepreneurs. So that's obviously something that you're called to do. You know, some women are called to like, no, my only purpose, I feel the only purpose I want to fulfill in, in this lifetime is being a mother. Um, you know, I talk to women on this podcast who want more, right? So the thing is, it's just, it's just a smart thing to do to have that independence. So you're never in a compromising or an abusive situation because sadly, a lot of abuse goes on, a lot of domestic violence and things of that nature goes on 
when the women have given up all their power and it's it's a very hard thing to do to pave their own way outside of that marriage because there's kids in the picture she's not in control of the money things of that nature so when it comes to that that's where people would probably deem me as more progressive when it comes to approaching relationships but my argument in some of the traditions that I stand for and I'm not saying it in a way of like just because I stand for it everyone else has to follow suit again if you want to make your last name Crystal Yoni that's cool my my take is is I have a level of honor for my family um I think there's a lot of positives that American tradition brings. Obviously, and it's been made perfectly fucking clear over the past two to five years or whatever, and there's definitely been a huge movement of the West to deem everything in, in our past as evil. Like, obviously, we have every country has a flawed history. Humanity has a flawed history because we've evolved so much since who we were 200 years ago, even way less than 200 years ago, humanity has evolved. However, that doesn't mean that every time that we evolve, we throw every bit of tradition away and trash everything and trash everything that made us who we are or built us into who we are or created the created the times where we needed to show up and evolve. Um, you know, there's reasons why some traditions were created because it fucking worked. There's, there's a reason why for some social constructs to happen because they fucking worked. So how do we look at the world? I'll even say this, going back to this, um, tweet that says, I don't want men to be allies. I want you to be traitors. I want you to be traitors to the system that violently holds up to the expense of women. I want to betray the silent pact that patriarchy makes with you to have your back so long as you don't make waves revolt. Like that is a very, that is a very imprisoned mind. That is a, a, a very imprisoned mind to vocalize that, to think that you're at war with another gender. Like you're at war with the gender that you supposedly, if you're heterosexual, that you would be procreating with. Like the whole purpose of, you know, a big purpose of humanity is procreation and to go against people that are naturally your allies or your brothers and sisters. Like the whole gender war thing never fucking made sense to me. And that doesn't mean that I don't think there's injustices or there, you know, there shouldn't be this goal of equal rights, equal rights, not equal outcome. What I'm trying to say there is not to say that we're all blindly equal because we all are different, but we have the equal opportunity and we're not discriminated based on gender, race, et cetera, any identity um, that you can think of. So it, it's just, it's a miserable way to live. 
if you're living in that fuck men mentality or fuck women mentality, unless they act like the same gender that I am. <laughs> like, unless a man yields, cuts his balls off, and acts like a woman, then he's my fucking enemy. And it's just not a way to live because while if you go to the extreme of the polarity coaches, polarity still plays a, a, a role in relationships. I think where a lot of people get lost in the communication is when they think that polarity is absolutely everything. Like everything has to look through like a fine tooth comb and it's like everything has to be polarity. No, what if polarity was a tool that served your relationship and energetically those things helped? So on a personal basis, I think that Rebecca and I have a solid relationship because I honor her and I allow her to be in her power. And she, not only do I allow her to be in her power, she wouldn't have it any other way. Like she wants to be in her power and to be fully expressed. And she wouldn't be with somebody who wouldn't allow that. Um, but also, we, we, we don't throw all tradition out the window. We really look at what's serving us and what's not. So, for instance, the tradition of her having my last name, which maybe not even be official. Like, I don't even know if we're even going to deal with all the red tape at the government um, but just the energetics of like, you know, she's having my last name and our kids have my last name. That's a tradition that we choose that is important to us. Um, open the, me opening the door for her, me opening the car door for her, doing things like that. Uh, me walking on the side where the road is <laughs> like those things is something that is, that feels good to her. And it also feels good for me to do the idea of her seeing me as a protector, the idea of her seeing the gifts that I have in the grounded masculine energy to help her not, you know, just like help her as a woman and help her in business and me accepting her for her feminine. That's something that does help our polarity, but it also helps our relationship. And we're not like super old fashioned, like for fuck's sake, we're going to have a wedding on the beach. We're not going to have like one of those old traditional weddings. So I'm not advocating for you to go back to the 50s and shit. But I am advocating in this whole conversation and the controversy, controversy, the controversy that follows. Um, I am advocating that if you think, if you fought, I believe it's a trap. If you've fallen into the trap that all tradition is evil, my question is, is what valuable things, like really ask yourself what valuable, thing, valuable things are you throwing to the side? And where is it fucking leading to? Because so many people are into this belief system of oikophobia, but they don't know what they're creating out of it. They they overlook what they take for granted and what they grandfathered in. I'm, I would say grandfathered and grandmothered in, but I'm going to say grandfathered in just to be a traditionalist um, and patriarchal. <laughs> but what, what 
values have they grandfathered in that they take for granted? And if we were to pull the rug from underneath all of that, what would that mean? You know, like I really think was humanity, were Americans, but also was a world very primitive in the, the, when we found America as a country. Absolutely, yes. Very primitive. And with that being said, you know, I've been going, you know, I've been thinking of this lately. The framework that was created within the Constitution was brilliant. It was almost like George Washington and the founding fathers were on some mushrooms and they had like a, a glimpse of brilliance when creating the First Amendment and the Second Amendment especially. Um, but creating this Constitution and making the framework of the country being very hard to go into complete, total corruption. Because if you've seen what's been going on since, you know, a big, you know, since 2020, but before then as well, but something noticeable with corruption since 2020... America is a real hard country to attack in a way of like crumbling it all. Like it's like, you know, if we don't pay attention, it's a slow erosion. It's like the whole thing of um, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, like that whole cycle. Um, you know, we're kind of like, <laughs> I joke because I feel like maybe I was young in the good times and then the weak men are creating the hard times. And I'm like, fuck, do I got to live through the hard times when I'm older? I don't want to put that out into the universe. So I think, I think smart people, intelligent people, and brave and courageous people can create good times for them in this life. Like, period. Like, we're, we're not a victim of society as a whole. Um, we, can, we can create those good times. But... My, you know, the point is, is I think the framework and a lot of what our ancestors have created is brilliant. And, you know, one of the things between, you know, the things that it is preached with conservatism is progression, but progression that is slowly and maybe more methodical, um, and not dismantling everything. You know, it kind of goes into the argument, not to go too far into another topic, but it's relative. It's kind of like the argument of like the extreme argument of defunding or abolishing the police or reforming the police. You know, like if you reform the police, you're working with something. If you're abolishing or defunding, then you're trying to tear the whole system apart and a lot of people will suffer when they don't have that support system in place. You know, I think we're in a time where we're very all of us are very privileged if you live in if you live in the western world, you have some level of privilege that people in other parts of the world don't have. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. I think life is easy. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, you can still be 
I'm not saying that people in the Western world don't have problems or there isn't some type of wealth gap, but even if you're somebody who is not wealthy in America, you're rich compared to somebody in, a, in another, you know, in other parts of the world still to this day. And we live in a society where you're not like running away from tigers and shit um, and all types of dangers that you don't have to worry about simply by being born on the right piece of land. Um, but I say all that because it seems like we're so numbed out and so distracted by social media and all these forms of entertainment. And it's like we're punching air trying to find something to fight even when life is good. Even when you can go on fucking Uber Eats and just order some fucking pasta (laughs) and not even, you know, you don't have to hunt for it. You don't have to fight for it. And it's in abundance. Like our problem is, is you order from a restaurant or something like that. And it's like the portions are too big. And our lifestyle is so lazy. I don't even know if I want to use lazy as a word, but it's like, you know, you have to drive to the gym to get adequate um, movement in your life. Or like everyone's working. A lot of people are working from a computer. You know, you have to do something to get more uh, time in activity. And even if you work out, like even me working out on a frequent basis, I'm looking more in, in like, how do I get more neat time in my life? Because I realized I made the joke the other day about selling a program called poverty, a diet program called poverty. But there was truth in that because in my broker days, I had reasons to walk more. And I had reasons not to order Uber Eats as or food delivery in general as much, like not as much, um, you know, and there was there was a purpose or a limitation behind how much how many portions I could eat. You know, I wasn't ever really starving, but there was times where I was stretching dollars to, uh, you know, make sure I had enough money for the next bill and things of that nature. So it's like, it's like, but like a lot of us, we have so much entertainment we can afford, so much food we can afford, so many distractions we can afford. And the point I'm coming home to this about is, is then we fight over each other and we erode society with these ideas that are deemed progressive But are they progressive or are we just chipping away at the roots of who we are and what has supported us? So progression, evolution, fucking awesome. But we got to be very mindful not to throw everything out with the kitchen sink. Is that the saying? I think that's the saying. We got to be mindful about that, not to throw the things away that support us or actually bring us some happiness or to deem something as just oppressive without actually knowing the whole story. Cause it's, it's a dark way. It's just like a dark way of thinking, like a, a sad, depressing way to think, to think that 
every little bit of tradition is against you or should hold a large amount of guilt and shame um, or is a power play. You know, you can have somebody get married and the woman decides to take her man's last name um, and they're happy together and they're enjoying that tradition and they have a happy marriage together. But with someone else with a different mindset, they could look at that and say, you don't own me. (laughs) I'm not taking your last name. You don't own me, you fucking oppressor. Fuck you. And it's like, then you're aiming that level of perception and hatred to men that are actually on your side, to men that actually want to love you, to men that actually want to provide for you out of the good of their heart, men who want to protect you out of the good of their heart, not because they think you're weak, but because they see that as an honorable thing to do. Because they know that You're a force when you're together. Just like what Fabulous said over that Timbaland beat, Fabulous and Neo back in 2006 or 7, I think it was 2007, I'd have to Google it. Um, But I'm a force when we're together. So we can continue some crazy fucking gender war or this fucking war to destroy everything that we once knew to think everything was about exploitation and ill intentions or we can look at the whole story see the positive aspects see the things that we probably should be grateful for um and hold on to the traditions that we find meaningful while also progressing and and improving on the ways that we fucked up in the past or humanity has fucked up in the past and create a better future for our children. But in order to create a better future for our children, we have to have some level of fucking focus of where the fuck we're going. And if we're so obsessed with destroying shit and dismantling shit and deconstructing shit, then we're so busy leaving our children with nothing than we are then creating something that they can be thankful for like we can be thankful for, for some of the things that our ancestors did. So that is my rant. And I guess my call to action, my call to action, not like as inviting you to a program or nothing, although I do have Rebel Flow. So um, that's still live and you're still welcome to join that. It's only been two weeks and it's a four month program. It's totally worth it. It's awesome. Um, You can see that in my Instagram bio or the bio here on the podcast. But other than Rebel Flow, my call to action is, is not to tell you what to do with your life, not to tell you not to take on whatever, you know, if you want to do Moonflower, Yoni, Crystal, last names, that's cool. But to take inventory on this oikophobia, (laughs) is that what it's called? Oikophobia. And really see and take inventory of all the ways that you're being called to take an axe to your own roots of who you are and to beware of the pitfalls of hating yourself in the process of trying to make this world a better place. Because hating yourself doesn't do that. Ruining all tradition doesn't do that. And we can all look 
And we can all have our different perspectives and we can all have our different take on what is taking away too much tradition and things of that nature. Um, obviously, the last name thing is crossing the line for me. I'm not taking I'm not taking a woman's last name. It's not happening. Um, I, I just think it's an honorable thing for me to do to be grounded in my last name, give her my last name and be the protector. Like, I just think that's a cool thing to do and a masculine thing to do. And I think I just want it, I, you know, I just want to be turned on in any other relationship. Um, but anyway, that's my line and your line may be somewhere else. But if you've ever been to the point of thinking that all is evil, I would check that out. I would check that out and really do inventory of like, wait, what do I get to appreciate? What do I appreciate that I'm benefiting in this society right now? And it doesn't have to be this crazy exploitation thing because there's things that all of humanity benefits in the society that we live in that we take for granted. Otherwise, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be arguing and tweeting at each other on the internet. We have more important shit to worry about. Like, we, if we were, like, really in that bad of a position in survival, we wouldn't be tweeting at each other and have Twitter wars. We would, you know, we would uh, just be trying to feed our children and, and, and killing wild animals and, um, you know, building some sort of house made of sticks or Bitcoin or something. I don't know. Anyway, that's the episode for today. Today, um, there's might be some new stuff coming on this podcast. Thank you for being a loyal listener. If you love this episode, share it on your Instagram stories or other social media platforms. That's how I spread the news. And until next time, this is Brandon Marshall Havener signing out.